Good morning. Um, glad you're here. We are in the second session of um, this new BHR, Building Healthy Relationships class. Uh, this is the sixth time in almost eight years that we have done an installment of this. There is a lot to learn because everything in the entire Word of God is about relationship from start to finish. From start to finish. Um, God's plan of salvation is about relationship. It's not about something else. Uh, it's not insurance. It's about relationship. It's not theology. It's about relationship. This is why there is a father and a son. And why we believe on the Son and we follow the Son. To become sons, many sons, being led to glory. That's what the Hebrew writer says. It's a relationship thing. And the way God designed everything, he designed it because of his love. Everything that exists, exists because of God's love. You exist not because of your parents, but because of God's love. You are sitting here today in a saved state. Not because of some just rational choice only, but because God loved you in the first place. God determined to love you from the very Beginning before your parents existed, before anybody existed, God determined to love you. You. And I want you to notice that when Jesus and the apostles talk about love, they're not talking about it in a generic way. They're talking about it in a very personal way. And that's why the Son of God has to come being full of God, fully human, full of God, the fullness of God in him, say the apostles, so that you and I can begin to experience this love that originated us. It's the love of God. It's the character of God. Everything around you, all the good stuff, every good thing that happened to you in your life to this point, it's all because of God's love. I'll tell you about this later. Our goal in this class and beyond is to determine to love more like the Son of God. Because he's the one who brought the love. There's no experiencing of the love of God for us except through Jesus Christ, the Son. And so we determine to love more like Jesus according to how he loves us. Not in some other way. The way he loves us. 
if you and I were loving each other the way he loves us, our problems would be fewer and our peace would be greater. But we have not learned well enough yet how to love like Jesus. Did you know that where God reigns, you know, Jesus came to proclaim the kingdom of God, right? The reign of God. You know where God reigns? His love reigns. You, you can't even get into the kingdom of God except by way of his love and mercy. The reign of God will never come into you until you've submitted, received the love of God that saves you and changes you. This is the way agape works. Agape is talked about in a certain way because it best depicts the way God determined to love. Do you know that human beings are not easy to love? You know this by now, right? And some human beings are bigger stinkers than others. You know this, right? And some human beings are actually way too comfortable doing evil things. Things that are destructive. And that doesn't help anything either. I know that some of you grew up in homes without love. We have some members here who grew up in homes not only without love, but filled with hatred and anger and violence. You know that? Yeah. We have people whose childhood is marred by destructive hate and anger and violence and malice and bitterness. That is not the design of God. And the only one who can repair it is Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. He's the only one who can repair it. We only have 11 weeks left to open up this box and to find out what all is inside of God's love. It is an indescribable gift. And we only have 11 weeks, so we barely get to scratch the surface. I hope that you're here every Sunday. I hope you bring somebody with you. I hope you take notes. I hope that you are here for the entire time because it's not enough time. We had a great uh, Mission One training yesterday morning, uh, 15 people upstairs there, and it was a beautiful morning. Very beautiful, strengthening morning, and I'm so thankful for everybody that was a part of that. We talked about this a little bit. Did you know that in the kingdom of God, that all hate 
and malice and coercion and tyranny. Hey, by the way, coercion, tyranny, that means bullying. That means uh, kind of leaning on people. In the kingdom of God, the reign of God, where God is reigning, all hate and malice and coercion and tyranny are banished forever. You cannot be a tyrant of any sort and actually think that the God of the universe is reigning inside of you. You can't be an unreasonable, irrational, rude bully or a bulldog in the church and think that you are allowing God to reign in your heart and mind. You are just fooling yourself. Fooling yourself. Because the, the, the love of God banishes these things. The kingdom of God is the safest place to be because of his tender-hearted mercy. So when you and I don't treat each other with tender-hearted mercy, where is the reign of God? Where is the kingdom of God? The kingdom that was brought by his pure, determined, focused love. Where is it? When you and I don't have tenderheartedness, gentleness toward each other, when we're not being kind to each other, where is it? If you and I are submitting to Jesus Christ as Lord, it means we will change. We will change. And there's some patterns, there's some different things that have crept in, things from your baseline, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that don't fit with what God is doing in his kingdom. You're part of the kingdom now. <laughs> He's having a problem of sorts there. Sorry. Um, the, uh, only the truly loved can truly love. Better write it down. Only the truly loved can truly love. What God has done for you is not just niceness. He is determined to love you in spite of who you are. Yeah? It's the grace of God. That's what agape does. But you know what? There are some Christians who walk around not feeling loved. And this is because sometimes you and I are so busy, or we haven't, been, we haven't learned how to be and stay in the receive mode. You know, you actually have to receive God's love. He's not going to chase after you. If you're, if you're not spending time with him and you're just running around chasing rabbits, he, he's not going to just be chasing after you everywhere. You actually have to be in receive mode. Especially if you are saying that he is reigning as Lord in your life, you have to be in the receive mode. Okay? And sometimes, man, the days are so busy. <laughs> is he the Lord or not? Well, he is. 
He is, but may not look like it inside of our lives, in our hearts and minds. Jesus said this to us, to his followers. He said, I am leaving you a gift. I'm leaving you a gift. Oh, yeah, I know. This is John 14. Leaving you a gift. He's talking about, oh, he's talking about first the Holy Spirit. Guess what the Holy Spirit of God brings into a life that is submitted to him? And so he focuses on peace. I'm leaving you a gift. Do you know that you cannot have peace in this life without God's love? You cannot have God's love pouring into you except by way of His Holy Spirit. It's very clear in Romans 5.5. Very clear in Galatians 5.22. The Holy Spirit of God produces first, where He is reigning, produces first, this determined, tender-hearted, heartwarming love. Starting with the story of the prodigal son. Not with a comparison of churches, but starting with the story of the prodigal son. Relationship. The relationship that billions of people on the face of the earth don't have with the one who made them. Before this class is over, I'm going to open that thing up. Psalm 119.41, as you know, says, Lord, give me your unfailing love. In the morning, when you wake up, you know, I was saying the other day, when, when your eyes are starting to shut, you've had a rough day, you're done. You're done. Right as you are exhausted and you're going out, say the words, thank you, God. Right before the lights go out. Thank you, God. If that's how tired you are, the words, thank you, God. And when your eyes open in the morning, thank you, God. Because he's the one protecting you in your sleep, giving you life as you breathe, waking you up in the morning to life again. Lord, give me your unfailing love. Every single morning, God's mercy is new. Every single morning you wake up, God's faithful love is there for you to fill you up. It's not a concept. You need to receive this love. The the God who made you loves you more than you love yourself. Sometimes we love ourselves in all the wrong ways. God loves you in exactly the way you need to be loved. And sometimes, even though he made the long trip to come see us, we go off chasing rabbits. Other stuff all day long in the world. But he brought us a gift. And Jesus said it has to do with peace of mind and heart. 
Do you know every single human being I know would not, would not push away peace of mind and heart if it was offered to them? You go up and you ask any human being, would you like peace of mind and heart? They will say yes. That's what the love of God brings. And if you and I are not experiencing that peace of mind and heart, it's because we're not fully receiving the love of God. We're going to spend a couple of class sessions, not today, talking about receiving the love of God. Barriers. Things that get in the way of our receiving God's love every day. Because... I, I, I hear people talking about the love of God all the time, and they, sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, that, that fuzzy, you know, touchy-feely stuff. Yeah, no, we want rational. You know, no, no. No, you're made by a God of love. For love. <laughs> and he made you with a brain that has rational inputs and emotional inputs. For a reason. And all of the impulses, the signals go through the emotional little center before they get to the rational center on the other side of the brain. Very interesting. Oh, it's microseconds, I know. Very interesting. And also in John 14, he says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not allow your hearts to be troubled. And then he gives us this gift. He gives us a gift. Peace of mind and heart. I know a bunch of Christians who are running around every day. Man, it doesn't look like peace of mind and heart to me. This is why Jesus Christ died. To give you a gift that no one can take away. Oh, you can forfeit it. You cannot receive it. But Jesus Christ came to give you a gift that no one can take away. Not the government. Not other people. Not evil people. No one can take away this peace of mind and heart brought to you by the love of God. This is why people in the first century were set ablaze with oil as if they were human candles. This is why human beings have been tortured and are being tortured right now in Asia and Africa. All over Africa. Yes. Maybe a few hundred thousand people in Africa and Middle East right now today being tortured and executed because they say they follow Jesus Christ? This is reality. This is what's going on. Jesus Jesus brought to us the cure, the solution. And it heals us. It heals us. And he says, trust in God and trust also in me. And we hear him saying in other places, the Father and I are one. 
If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus was revealing to us just how this love of God that has boundaries, that has clarity, that has truth, that has discernment, how this love actually operates, how it works inside of human beings. Jesus says also in chapter 14 of John, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. Now this is funny. Okay, maybe it's not funny. The way that this is structured dramatically is hilarious. I hope you don't miss this. In John 14, this is said uh, three different ways, but this is structured. It's in there for, for a reason. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. So, back to square one. What God was saying from the very beginning was captured in Deuteronomy, and Jesus came to earth saying it. You were designed by your maker to love your maker. But you know what? You can't do it. You can't do it. He loved you first. And because he loved you first, he makes it possible in Jesus Christ for you to love him with all of your being. It's not a matter of law-keeping. It's a matter of covenant and relationship and faith. Just like was talked about with Abraham. The covenant of faith, trust, like Jesus was just saying. You trust the one you love. If you can't trust the one you love, you've got a problem. But God is the trustworthy one. He is the true one. And John says that Jesus Christ is the true one. The true one. This makes sense, given all of what is said in the New Testament. He goes on to say, all who love me will do what I say. Flip it over. John 14, 23, right before. All who love me will do what I say. You know our biggest problem is? Our biggest problem isn't that we don't go to church enough. Well, I don't know. It depends on how often. Uh, It's not that we don't know the Bible in some ways. It's that we're not paying attention to what Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 6. We are not putting his words into practice every day. He just got done saying, if you love me, you will do what I say. If you love Jesus, you'll figure out a way to do what he is saying. And he has provided the power to do it. Okay, I've got to open up this package, otherwise I'll never get to it. Here we go. I hate to mess it up because I'm not a very good present uh, wrapper. You know, Cheryl's seeing her mom for her 90th birthday, so I had to wrap this by myself. Now I have to mess it up. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. This is it. We're opening up this box, which is not nearly big enough. 
Somebody said, hey, is that for me? The answer is yes. <laughs> okay, any little kids here? I saw one little kid as I came in. He was like, hey. Okay, I really did mess it up. But, here you go. We're getting in. We're getting into it. We're going to unpack. We're going to unpack God's love. Because there's so much packed into God's, God's love, sometimes we're not even thinking about Everything that's in there. And then, each one of them happens to be a word. But we have to put the word into practice. Each one of these things is a word from God. From the mouth of God. You and I are to live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. These words mean something. But we have to put them into practice. Oh, look at that. Look at the first thing. Isn't that great? Just like Jesus was saying. The first thing that we find in God's love is peace. Peace. He has taken away all of your sin. If you've been baptized into Jesus Christ... He has taken away all your sin and he has made it possible for you to be a child of God. You are claimed by God as his child. That should give you peace. Your father is in control of everything in the universe. He has ultimate control over everything, everything. That is actually supposed to give you real peace. It's not theology. It's a gift. Jesus Christ didn't say, hey, come to my theology school. I want to make you smarter than you are. No, he said, I will give you peace. He wants to give you peace. Not knowledge acquisition. You know if you're experiencing peace inside here. You know. You know. And the days that you're not experiencing peace, and it could be a lot of days, the days you're not experiencing peace means that somehow, somehow, the gift that Jesus Christ died to bring to you is being interrupted, hindered by something, something. And it's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. Jesus Christ died to give you peace. You don't have peace going on inside of you? You got a lot to learn about the love of God. I know some people who live in constant turmoil, anxiety. I know people who just drive themselves crazy with what's going on in their brain. Jesus Christ didn't die for that to keep going on. Jesus Christ died. He has all power. He has all authority. All power. And he can give you what the world cannot. That's what he said. Peace of mind and heart.
That's the first thing we find inside of God's love. And this tells us something. This tells us something. Because it's, it's a non-starter. A non-starter. When a Christian is like all revved up, all upset, all, you know, negative, <laughs> in turmoil, in turmoil in their own heart and their own mind, they have not received the gift that Jesus Christ died to give them. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. We have got to experience the love of God. So that's the first thing. What's the second thing? Ah, cool, man. Joy. Joy. This is what is inside of God's love. Why? Somebody tell me why. Why is joy inside of God's love? Why does this pop up when the Apostle Paul is making his little Holy Spirit list? Why? Why? Go ahead and tell me. Yeah, peace and joy kind of go along together. Salvation is assured. What, what's going on there? What? Salvation, being saved, what? By what? For what? Yeah, you think about this. You were designed by God to be loved by Him for eternity. Solomon says it. Eternity has been set within the heart. So what is going to bring the greatest joy? What is going to bring the greatest joy to the heart that was designed by a God of love? A God of love who has your best interest at heart constantly. You can trust him completely. You don't have to be on your guard protecting yourself from all these crazy people in the world and evil forces. You have joy. You have joy because the one person who counts, the God of the universe, determined to love you. Not somebody else. Not really the masses. You always notice when Jesus is talking to the crowds, he then goes and talks to one person. He goes to that person's house. He talks to that person. He heals that person. He talks to that individual. He talks to those little kids. He's not about mass anything. He's about saving sheep, individual souls who are made to be one with their maker. And that's what John 17 is about. John 17 is about the oneness for which you are made. Do you know how close you need to get to the one who loves you the most? You need to push in. You need to push in. And the more you push in to the one who loves you no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, you push into him, 
and you have joy. I've talked about this before, but everything that the Holy Spirit of God brings, everything, each thing, is an immense gift. And when you and I stop for one second, one second, just stop for one second, it's not just words. I'm getting heated up again. It's not just words. You stop for one second and you think about God. Look up into the sky. Look at his creation. You stop. Stop what you're doing. Quit chasing around. And you look to God and you thank him for loving you like nobody else can love you. You know, until you thank him out loud like that, it may not even be real. It's just a bunch of words, a bunch of stuff you talk about at church. You need to be praying to God constantly. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And every time you say thank you, guess what happens in your heart and your mind? There is joy. There's joy. Pure joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, one more thing today. We've got a lot of unpacking to do. Oh, look at that. Third thing we find inside of God's love is gentleness. Gentleness, yes. How do I know this is important? Because Jesus the Christ, who saved you, said this very early on in his ministry. Come, learn from me. Because I am humble of heart and gentle. Yeah. Yeah. The love of God is gentle. So what happens when somebody who says they're following Jesus Christ gets all up on somebody else, being upset about something, just going on the war path? What does that mean? What does that mean? Is that okay? Is that okay if you and I get upset with each other and mistreat each other? given what Jesus Christ did? Is it okay? The answer is no. The answer is no. The answer is no! It's not okay to mistreat human beings. Period! It's not okay for Christians to mistreat each other. Now, every once in a while, I see this happening. And I try to be very judicious. I would like to correct it every time I see it. But then I would have a lot of people upset with me. You need to correct it. You're following Jesus Christ. You're submitted to Jesus Christ. You correct it. You correct it. Do you hear me? You correct it. You are following Jesus Christ. You correct it. He did not die. He did not die. So that people, human beings, can keep on going on mistreating each other. This place is a safe place. And whoever cannot operate like Jesus Christ does not need to stay here. 
We're here to become more like Jesus Christ. You want to grow spiritually? You want to become more like Jesus? This is the right place. You want to sit around and just be critical and have your own ideas and agenda? Different story. You don't want to focus on Jesus? You don't want to receive all of these amazing things? Different story. I'm saying this with passion. But you know what? I am gentle with you. You noticed that, didn't you? I am saying this with conviction and clarity and passion. But I am gentle with you. Been here for eight years. I am gentle with you. Jesus Christ says, learn something from me, please. Learn something from me, gentleness. Don't be saying you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you do not have gentleness. This is a gift you need to receive. This is part of the love of God. Right here. Right here. Gentleness. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your gentleness toward us. Father, we know that you are abounding in love and full of mercy, but that you are the God of boundaries. You set boundaries before we existed. Father, you set boundaries now. And your truth reigns. Your truth sets us free. Father, help us to live by your truth, not by something else. Father, whatever we have to do inside of ourselves, whatever we have to do in our relationships with each other, Father, I pray that we'll be able to speak the truth in love over and over and over, and that we will grow in such a way that your gentleness will be known and that all of us will experience this deep-seated peace and joy for which Jesus Christ, our Lord, died. We praise you. We thank you. Please help us to walk in the right way, putting your words into practice today. And I pray this in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen.